God is good? And all the time? Thank you for being here today. My name is John, and I am blessed to be the pastor here. I want to thank you for being here today, and oh, I love that song. There's some powerful words in that song. We're going to kind of unpack that a little bit later in our message today, but I just can't help but stop and think about it. It says that I choose to sing for joy even when my heart is what? Heavy. Because joy is based on a person, not a circumstances. And even in difficulty, we've been kind of unpacking that the last few weeks. Uh, I want to invite you to, to find your way to John chapter 15. And we are on week four of our series entitled Be the Branch. And uh, so some of you may be new with us today. And uh, so I want to catch you up as quickly as possible, give you a quick review because we've been talking about that when when we are connected and we are staying connected we are abiding we are remaining one translation would say we're remaining in Christ that even when our heart is heavy even when the storms are raging we can have peace we can have the presence of Christ and so as we think about this let me give you just real quick context and understanding in John 15 we see really three roles there is Uh, what is mentioned as the vine, the branches, and then the gardener or vine dresser. And so Jesus is talking, and Jesus says at the very beginning of the chapter, I am the true vine. So we understand as we read through it and we uh, walk through this passage that Jesus is the vine. Then he says as he's speaking to the disciples, you are the branches. And so he's referring to followers of Jesus. If you have placed your faith for your salvation, for your eternity in heaven, in the person and in the work of Jesus Christ, if you are saved, if you are a follower of Jesus, then he would say, you, you're a branch. Okay, so we got Jesus as the vine, the disciples or followers of Jesus are the branches, and then he says, God is the gardener, all right? He's the one that holds the pruning shears. And so as we think about this context and John chapter 14 the last verse Jesus and the disciples or what we now know as the upper room what we have termed as the last supper they have celebrated the Passover meal and Jesus says let's go and so they get up and they go to they're walking to the garden of Gethsemane and so when they get to the garden of Gethsemane if you know the story Jesus is going to be praying the disciples are going to fall asleep then Judas is going to show up and he's going to betray Jesus with a kiss the soldiers are going to take him off they're going to put him on a false trial and then they're going to crucify him that's so on this journey on this walk from supper or dinner how many of you call it supper how many of you call it dinner uh, I don't know why I'm asking that. But anyways, on the, uh, after the Lord's Supper, they, they walk to the garden. And on the way to the garden, it seems from the text, uh, the way I picture it is that Jesus is like, there's a vineyard here. Let's pause for a moment on our walk and let me teach you something. And that's the context of John chapter 15. So we see the characters at the branch followers of Jesus, the vine, Jesus, the vine dresser or the gardener is the Lord. And last week, Pastor Dave preached and he kind of gave us three quick statements for each of the three weeks we've been so far, today being week four. And here's those three statements, just kind of give you a summary of the first part of the chapter. The first one is that true branches bear fruit, that if you're actually a follower of Christ, you're a true branch, you will bear fruit. Fruit, that God is going to produce fruit 
through you. The second statement, which we looked at the second week, is that pruned branches bear more fruit. This is where it gets a little bit tricky because it's, we, we made the statement a couple weeks ago, Dave reiterated it last week, and that is that pruned branches bear more fruit and so that we as followers of Jesus as branches, we should, I'm not saying that I always do, but we should pray for pruning because healthy branches are pruned so that they can bear more fruit fruit. Prune branches bear more fruit. The third statement we looked at last week was that mature branches bear much fruit. Mature branches bear much fruit. Now, when we talk about pruning and the process of pruning, we understand that pruning is done by God, but pruning is painful. It's, it's painful, right? Anybody ever been pruned? It's, it's painful. But pruning is purposeful, Pruning is profitable, and what we said a few weeks ago is that we, as the branches, must trust the pruner, and we must trust the picture the pruner is trying to create in us. Now, here's the thing. God, the goal for us as branches, as followers of Jesus, the picture that Jesus, that God is trying to prune out of us, to form in us and through us, is not the best version of ourselves. Does that set well with you? That's not what the goal is. The goal is not that we have more money, that our kids do everything we ask them to do. I mean, we hope they do. But what, what's the image, what's the picture the pruner is trying to create? Well, he tells us in Romans chapter 8, 29, that he's pruning us so that we'll be formed into the image of, of Christ. That's the goal. That's the picture. And so in the process of pruning, even though it's painful, it is profitable, and we should pray for it, we're going to have to trust the pruner, the process, and the picture. I'm just trying to see how many P's I could say in a row there. Trust the process. Trust the pruner. This morning, our title of our message is, is called The Abiding Life Leads the abiding life leads to the abundant life. And I'm thinking of John chapter 10. In John chapter 10, Jesus is, is speaking, and Jesus says, he's talking about Satan. He said, the enemy, the serpent, the devil, he has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to give you life and to give you more, what is it? Abundantly. I want to give you abundant life. Now, we think about the abundant life. This is where we have to understand what the picture Jesus is trying to create in us. It's, he's trying to form us into the image of Christ because we could be misunderstand what it means for the abundant life. I think in our culture, especially in our American culture, we have misunderstood that. We have misrepresented what the abundant life is. That we think the abundant life is that we have abundant of things. That's not the abundant life. The abundant life is found in being connected and abiding in Jesus. And so as we walk through this uh, few verses this morning, our goal here is we're thinking about if the abiding life leads to the abundant life. It allows me to be formed, pruned into the image 
of Christ. So let's, let's look at our text here in verse number 9, all right? So we're John chapter 15. We're going to read verses 9 through 13. Again, this is Jesus speaking, and he says, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay one's life for his friends. And so as we think about what Jesus is saying, I, I want to, before we kind of get into the meat of this message, let's look at verse number nine, because I think it's easy to just Read it real quick. As the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. And that's a huge statement. What Jesus is saying to the disciples, what he's saying to us as followers of Jesus is, God loved me, and I love you. That's pretty amazing. That God, the creator of the universe, the one who spoke the worlds into existence, he loves you. For God so loved you that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Paul wrote it and said this, God demonstrated or God revealed or God showed, God proved his love toward you that even while you were a sinner, Christ died for you. In other words, what Paul was trying to say is that you don't have to clean yourself up to come to God. You come to God how you are because God loves you just as you are. He pursues you. Here's the reality. There's a lot of people in the room, and, and some of us may be really close to God. Some of us may not be close to God at all. Some of us may not know God. Some of us may be the first time we've been in church. What, what I know about everyone in the room is this. God loves you, and God is pursuing you. He wants a relationship with you. It's the picture in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 where Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, and just if you would open the door, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have a relationship with you. And so as we think about the love of God, it's unconditional. It's sacrificial. It's eternal. And so Jesus says to the disciples, as God has loved me, the Son, I have loved you. That's big. The next thing in verse number 10, he says, and this is where it gets a little tricky as you read it, because it says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And it seems like there's a condition for my relationship based on my obedience. Does it seem that way to you? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. And the truth is, in this passage, we had a few tricky verses. In verse number two, it said, if you don't bear fruit, if branches don't bear fruit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them away. I'm going to cut them away. But we really dug into the Greek word, and what, what another translation would have been is that he would lift us up. It's the picture that the gardener sees us as branches who are connected to the vine, but we're not connecting to the church, and we're not bearing fruit. And the Lord, the gardener, picks us up cleans us up, cleans us off, reconnects us to his church so that we can bear fruit. 
And then last week in verse number 6, it talks about the, the branches that don't bear fruit. He's going to gather together. He's going to throw them in the fire. And that doesn't, doesn't make sense because what we understand God's Word tells us is when I give my life to Christ, when I place my faith in Jesus, that my salvation is sealed for all of eternity. That's what Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 1. He said, the Holy Spirit seals me until the day of redemption. That when I gave my life to Christ, I was now sealed by the Holy Spirit. There's nothing I can do, as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. So how do, what is this verse then saying? Because it's not saying, if you don't keep my commandments, you won't be in relationship. Well, let's understand what the word abiding means, because it's like 10 times in the first 11 verses. One translation would translate it remain. Another word to translate that would be to dwell. It's to live in relationship with. It's to be at home with. And so what Jesus is saying, if you keep my commandments, you will remain in fellowship with me. Not relationship. Our relationship is sealed. If you've given your life to Christ, there's nothing you can do to, to lose that salvation. It is secure because it's in Christ. He did the work. He will do the work to keep it. But what he does say, so what we can understand from this scripture is that in order to abide in Christ, as a branch, in order to abide in Christ, to stay in relationship, to st uh, excuse me, to stay in fellowship with him, I have to be obedient. Well, isn't that what it said in verse number seven? If if my word remains in you, that's what Pastor Dave talked about last week, that we have to live by the word according to God's will. And if we live by the word according to God's will, what Jesus says is, you will abide in my love. It's not talking about relationship, but it is talking about fellowship. Let me see if I can explain it this way. Uh, last week, we were coming back from a trip in Arkansas. I went into this restaurant in Texarkana, and I saw something on the wall that probably half of you don't even know what it is, all right? So look at this picture, okay? How many of you have ever used one of these before? Put your hand up, okay? Just leave it up for a second. I'm kind of taking what I kind of figured it seems about the same. Uh, you can put your hand up. Don't judge me. Is it, like if you're over 40, you've used one of those. If you're under 40, maybe not, okay? So don't. That's just a general statement. You don't have to, I'm not calling you old, okay? By the way, I picked it up, no dial tone. I was a little disappointed. Um, but the point of this picture is it, it gave me a flashback. When I was about 12 years of age, I got in trouble at school. It was shocking because I never got in trouble at school. Um, by the way, next Sunday, let me, I know Soya already mentioned this, but let me encourage you to be here because my mom is going to be here and she's going to, I'm going to interview her and, and I mean, she has to be a great mother. I mean, look at me, I'm a result of that. And, but, but seriously, I have, a, one of the questions, I don't, I think she's already in here. I didn't say this in the first service. One of the questions I, I want to ask her is to set the record straight, who is actually the evil twin? Okay, so don't tell her that question is coming. So I got in trouble at school, and uh, as usual, when I got in trouble at school, I went to the principal's office. I had to grab the back of the chair, if you know what that means. It's not pleasant. Then he gets on the phone, and he says, all right, yes, yeah, okay, I'll send him over. And then I have to walk across the church building to my dad's office, and there's another chair waiting for me, if you know what I mean. Don't you feel sorry for me? I had a rough life. 
So I go home. I was grounded, but it was a Friday night. I was wanting to go to the local football game, and, you know, that was everything, right, as a little 12-year-old kid, and I was grounded, so I said, I'm going to go outside and play. We used to do that as kids, by the way. I went outside and played, and then I just got this bright idea that I was just going to run to the football game. I mean, sure, I could do that. It was like three miles. I never ran three miles in my life. I don't recommend it. So I run to the high school game. It's dark. By the time I get there, it's already halftime. I'm a slow runner, apparently. I get there at halftime, and all my friends come run up to me and say, where have you been? Your dad is here. He's really happy to see you. He's really looking for you. And so I'm like freaking out. Oh, no. And so I just, guess what I decide to do? Yeah, run home. At this point... You know, the chubby 12-year-old boy was not, I needed to phone home is what I needed to do. So I ran to Dylan's, the grocery store, and guess what was right outside? My lifeline, right? I borrowed some money from someone, called my dad. How many of you still remember your, your childhood phone number, by the way? 442-4886, by the way. All right. I can't remember, never mind. So, I call my dad. I don't remember what I said, but my dad comes and get me. And I get in the car, and you know how quiet that car ride was? Extremely. But here's something. My relationship as a son didn't change at all. He was still my dad. He may not have wanted to be, but he was still my dad. And I was still his son. However, fellowship was not good. And that's what Jesus is saying. If we don't live in his word and obey his will, then we're not going to be in fellowship with him. And if we're not in fellowship with him, if we're not abiding in him, we're not going to produce fruit. And as Pastor Dave said last week, our goal in life is to exalt Christ. And he says, you can exalt me by bearing much fruit. And so if we understand then, obedience leads to abiding. We can't abide in Christ and not obey Christ. So if we abide in Christ, there are two things we see in this text that God is going to produce in us. The first is this. If we abide in Christ, he will produce love. He's going to produce love in us and for us, but he's going to also produce love through us. Let's look in in verse number uh, 9 and 10. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his Love. Look at verse number 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as, as to the degree, to the level that I have loved you. Greater love has no, man, no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. That's what Jesus was talking about in John chapter 13 and verse 35. He said, by this, you will know, they will know you're my disciples, by the love you have for one another. And so as we abide in Christ, he produces love 
in us so that it can flow through us. What God wants to do is to fill us with his love, and we, he can only do that if we're abiding in him. If we abide in Christ and we stay in fellowship and we live according to his word and according to his will, then his love produced in us will now bear fruit through us. And, and the reality is, just a moment of transparency here, if I'm not abiding in Christ, there's some people that it's really hard for me to love. Can I get an amen to that? There's just, people annoy me. I'm just going to be honest with you. And you know what goes off in my head when I begin to get annoyed? I must not be abiding. Because if I'm abiding in Christ and I'm in close fellowship with Christ, His love fills me and then it flows through me. And if I'm easily annoyed, then probably, for me, I'm not abiding very well. Because if I abide, He will produce love in me and through me. And we, we won't take time to read, but I, I want to encourage you to spend some time this week to read 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, like, there's like over 50 times it says, uh, it's God's love in us that flows through us. I want you to read that, 1 John chapter 4. Now, this statement, um, it's a quote that I remember hearing probably, I think, probably right in co- when I was in college. Um, the group DC Talk, and one of their albums, had this quote. I always thought it was, I mean, for many years, I thought Billy Graham quoted this, but then when I looked it up, it was just Billy Graham's voice that I remember on DC Talk's album. But Brennan Manning says this, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. That's why every Sunday when we leave, we say it's time to now go be the church. And if the world looks at me and they don't see the love of Christ produced in me and through me, that's what they seem and find unbelievable. Because remember what Jesus said, the world will know you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. And as we love one another, as we love our neighbor as ourselves, it's, it's the Spirit of God producing that. That's what Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, the first two mentioned are love and joy. Love and joy. In fact, that's the next point. Abiding in Christ produces love, but also abiding in Christ produces joy. It produces joy in me. Look what he, he says in verse number 11. Jesus says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So, when I think about God's joy in my life, what we just sang it. I'm going to sing for joy even though my heart is, what do we say? 
heavy. You see, joy is not the absence of problems, but it's the peace of Christ in our problems. It's not, it doesn't say, he didn't say, these things I've spoken to you that you can be happy. Because happiness is based on what happens. But joy is based on a person. Jesus is saying that if you will abide in me, I'm going to produce love in you. And if you'll abide in me, that when life gets difficult and problems are heavy, when your heart is heavy, I'm still going to give you joy. It's similar to what he said in in John chapter 13. My peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. He was talking about himself. It's the Holy Spirit in us. It's the Holy Spirit in us that produces joy in spite of our circumstances. And here we have to understand, if I'm not very joyful, well, maybe I'm not abiding very well. If you're around people, that claim to be Christians and they're not very loving and they're not producing joy well either they're a counterfeit or they're just not abiding and it's easy for us to think about those people yeah that's right but if that's true for them guess what it's true for me Do people look at my life and see God's love flowing in me and through me? Do do people look at my life and see that that person is filled with joy? What what does the psalmist say? Today is the day the Lord has made. I will what? I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to have joy. I'm going to make a choice to Rejoice. That's what James said. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into trials and temptations because the trying of your faith produces patience. So joy is not dependent on circumstances. Joy is dependent on a person. And that I can have joy in spite of my circumstances. You know, it's easy for me and and anyone to get up here and, and make that statement But I'll just be honest with you, this, this past week, I observed that in people's life. This past week was, was filled, we, we had two really tough funerals this week. Monday, a, a 33-year-old man who had passed away way too early. Tw- Tuesday, we had another funeral, 27-year-old man passed away way too early. Difficult circumstances. But you know what, as the, as the pastor, it's, it's one thing for me to get up and say, hey, joy is found in a person, not just your circumstances. But for me, this week was reassuring because I watched that play out in the parent's life. I mean, they were brokenhearted. And they are devastated. But they still, still had joy. Because it was... Christ in them as he promised his grace is always sufficient his mercies are new every morning great is his faithfulness and you know 
watching those parents grieve? Yes. Have hope? Yes. Have joy? Yes. It was visually for me a picture of what Jesus says. If you will abide in me, I will produce love in you that will flow through you, and I will give you joy that's really impossible to explain. Remember what the, the lawyers asked Jesus? What's the greatest commandment? What did Jesus say? Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. If, if I want to have joy in my life, it's simple. Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. And I personally am pretty bad at that. That's not natural for me. I naturally, you know who's first naturally? Me. I like me. I like things that go well for me. You guys are like staring at me all judgy. You guys are the same way. Right? Shake your head, you're the same way. So then how does it work? I have to abide in Christ. If I make a choice to abide in Christ, if I make a decision to put Jesus first, he produces love in me and through me. It's his spirit that gives me joy in spite of circumstances. And so the question is very simple this morning. Are you abiding in Christ? If your life is not producing fruit of love and joy, then I'll go ahead and answer the question for you. You're not abiding in Christ. And what are you going to do about it? We read this verse a few weeks ago. I've already mentioned it in, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 20. Jesus standing at the door knocking. Anyone who will open up our heart's door, he will come in and have fellowship. It's not talking about relationship in, in Revelation 3. It's talking about what we just learned. It's fellowship. What Soya said this morning, you are as close or you are as connected to God as you choose to be. If you're not abiding in Christ, what are you going to do about it?